You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Keeley Electronics. I talked about this recently. The new Compressor Plus has been blowing my mind. I can't believe how good it sounds and how affordable they made it. It's only 129 bucks, and I have not turned this thing off since I got it. Every time I'm playing guitar, the Compressor Plus is on. And doing a little bit more digging into it, I'm starting to discover why. It's not just a straight-up normal compressor. They took some uh, influence from early delays, uh, analog delays, and incorporated it into this compressor. Not to say it does anything delay-like, but we're talking about EQ and, and different tricks that they incorporated into it, and it's actually really interesting. It's a little bit too much to go into the details right now, but if you go over to KeeleyElectronics.com and do a little digging, you'll you'll find uh, they're about on the Compressor Plus, and it's really interesting, and it's a great-sounding compressor. I highly recommend it. Again, this episode is brought to you by the wonderful folks at Sinusoid Cables. Sinusoid Cables, I've been talking about them for a while now, and if you aren't hip to the Soid yet, I highly suggest you do so. One of the things I haven't talked about in a little while is that they do offer a student discount program. So if you're in school, they also offer a military discount. So if you're, you fit either of those categories, hit them up, um, ask them about those programs. They can save you a few bucks and, uh, just as a way of saying thank you for what you're doing and, you know, to help out the, uh, the old college kids. It's not easy being in, in school and eating top ramen and trying to play guitar at the same time. We all understand. So hit up Sinusoid. They are the guys for you, Sinusoid Cables. Oh, yes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the ToneMob.com podcast. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have fellow guitar podcaster extraordinaire, Cole Duke from the gear slum podcast how's it going man good how are you doing blake pretty good you know as a podcaster i know you you understand this we have to pretend like we didn't just talk for five minutes or, or more before <laughs> exactly. we actually hit recording like oh yeah i just walked in the room it's kind of like <laughs> hey. those those commercials where the guy's like playing the piano he's like oh hey didn't see you there didn't yeah. see you there. Oh, how have you been <laughs> <laughs> uh but how have you been Good. I'm finally, uh, I've been in the country for a week and, uh, that's, uh, I've been in ho- at home for a week. So that's kind of nice. That's rare for me. Um, so yeah, you've it's, been it's in nice. Africa and all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. I've been in Africa. I've had three separate trips to Africa this year so far and two to France and one to the Philippines. So yeah, I've kind of been all over the place. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, cause everyone cares. My sister's in France right now. She just got there yesterday. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's 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 been uh, she's doing a a tour of Europe with her husband, and I'm kind of jealous. I kind of want to do that. Oh man, again. that sounds awesome. Because <laughs> everyone cares about that. That's what they tuned in for. <laughs> they wanted an update on where my sister is. <laughs> on your sister's whereabouts. <laughs> uh, so if you see um, some blonde lady in Paris, uh, could be her around with the, walking around with a big tall guy. There's a good chance that it's her. <laughs> oh man! Um, so let's start this off for um, 
I know we, we have a lot of crossover listeners who are already familiar with you, but some may not. Yeah, be. And I wanted to, I wanted to bring that up. I feel like this is kind of just like, uh, a cheap way on your part of just trying to boost your listener numbers by getting me on this podcast. Cause I'm, cause our podcast is so popular and has such a wide reach, you know? Well, like, it's, uh, it, 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 I'm not going to lie. That's what I, that's why I get guests <laughs> on in general. I could just fire yeah. up the mic and just start rambling, but I, I'm, I'm just simply trying to expand my empire with every guest. That's the I only ha- reason they're even on. I have a feeling that uh, the bump that you get from from me being a guest will be significantly less than any of your other guests. So, uh, You'd be so I apologize for that ahead of time. You'd be surprised. Actually, uh, I, I can tell you this much for sure is um, the, the most tried and true way to get more downloads on your podcast is to have another podcaster on your podcast. It just it it's really, true. It, really, it totally is. It's true. <laughs> It's like my, I, I look at like my one with Matt Knight and it's like, whoa, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and to be fair, guitar nerds have like an insane number of listeners. They do. They yeah, do. They got like, a, they got a, they got a good, they got a good, good group of downloads or downloaders, I should say. And they're or one of my, they're, they're a great, I mean, they're friends, which helps. And then they had this, this retail tie at first for the first few years. So, I mean, you know, they, they have a very broad appeal for sure, but they're also very entertaining, you know? So yeah, they've, that's a good podcast. Yeah. It's a good one. I like those guys. I I'm, I'm trying to collect all of the guitar podcasters as, as guests on my show so far. I've, 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 I've got a couple of the nerds on, uh, I've had both, both, uh, the 60 cycle dudes. And now this is my first, my first slummer. So here we go. (laughs) <laughs> I won't mention how uh, how hurt Aaron's feelings were that you asked me first. You well, I did the poll in your group, and you were the one that was voted first. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I I didn't really pay attention to that poll, but Phil was uh, Phil was tracking it pretty closely, and he was like trying to analyze why individual people were voting for who they were. You know, <laughs> it was pretty it was pretty hilarious. I don't. Th- I think he needs to take a step back and realize there's not a lot of rhyme or reason to those things at times. No, no. I mean, <laughs> if you had allowed Bob Vance as a choice, everyone would have chosen that. So yeah, it's not like it's not like people are are choosing the people that they like the most or something. No, they're choosing whatever appeals to them at that moment for exactly. comedy comedy purposes, most exactly. likely. Exactly. Um. So before we get too far off the rails, let's let's let you kind of introduce yourself. Talk about your, you know, uh, your musical backstory and then kind of how it led into what you're doing today with the podcast and all that stuff. Okay. So I, um, I'm primarily a singer, uh, but there's not a lot of fun gear associated with singing. And so, so I started playing guitar when I was in high school and was mostly like acoustic kind of, uh, singer songwriter type stuff. Um, and when I went to college, I was very, I went to BYU, um, which is a pretty unique place for anyone who's familiar with it. Um, and I know that every university has a whole bunch of kind of who play guitar to try to get girls, but I think it was almost even amplified at BYU. Um, and I got so like cynical about that, that I basically just stopped playing guitar entirely. Cause I didn't want to be that guy who 
just played guitar to get girls or for whatever reason, you know, which in, in hindsight was really kind of dumb on my part. Um, but I, I studied acoustics and so I do, uh, acoustical consulting and AV system design and installation. Um, and so I, I sort of have that tie to gear, uh, from the AV side, but that's always been a hobby of mine. And so just in the last four or five years, I've gotten back into guitar and have gotten more into the electric side of things. And so now I'm kind of deep into it, just like everyone else in the groups is, you know, with pedals and guitars and amps and everything. So is that a decent enough summary? I suppose so, but <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't really explain, uh, Oh, what, and then like, the gear slum. Yeah. So <laughs> I, the reason I, you're here, Cole, the reason, the reason here. I'm here is because I'm an amazing guitarist and, and this gorgeous. is, this is no guitar is safe, right? Yeah. So podcast. <laughs> right. yeah. The reason I'm here is because I shred like no one's going to play these amazing tracks that I've recorded with all these well-known bands. Um, so I've been a podcast. I did study abroad in Italy in 2005. Um, mm -hmm. and that was, and it was kind of interesting. I, I was dating my wife at the time and we actually got engaged. Like she came at the end and we got engaged in Italy, which is, which was awesome. Um, but I was, I was kind of, because of that, I wasn't like super interested. Like it seems like everyone else who was on study abroad was just there to like, you know, like, find girls and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wasn't super interested in that. So at any rate, I was kind of isolated from my social life in the States. And so podcast podcasts had kind of just come out. Uh, they were a pretty new thing. And, and so I started listening to podcasts, um, mostly music podcasts. Um, and then ever since then, I've always been a huge fan of podcasts. And so, uh, back in the, like in the 2010 era, I used to listen to a lot of video game podcasts. And then I was listening to like six string bliss, if anyone's familiar with that. And in fact, they've hinted at, at making a comeback, but I don't think they actually did. Do you, uh, do you ever remember anything about that, Blake? I so remember them. Anything? So that that's a podcast that w I, I hadn't really found until after I started podcasting. Uh -huh. Um, and then it was like, you know, all older episodes and stuff. And, I didn't listen to all of them. I listened to a few. And then I seen that they they were planning on uh, making a comeback, it looked like. Uh, even kind of poking fun at our friend yeah, in the 60 cycle. Yeah, they uh, kind of. And I couldn't. And they were they're very like uh, kind of just jokey, snarky guys, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, but I never I don't know if anything ever came of it. It didn't. But at any rate. I, yeah, it go didn't, ahead. didn't appear to. I didn't. Yeah. I could just be behind the curve. I haven't checked on it in a few weeks, but. It and, doesn't look like it has, but maybe, maybe they have. I'm not sure. So I was always looking for new guitar podcasts. So every few months I'd go through and search and see if anything new came up. Um, and so, and then there's another podcast called the guitar podcast. And it's just this guy uh, who usually record. It's just a one man podcast. And a lot of times he would record while he's driving and he still puts out episodes periodically. Does um, he? I remember, I remember that. And I, yeah, I didn't keep up to, with him. That makes me want to check my, my player and see when his last podcast was, but yeah, he's, he's put out a few this year. I know, I know that at least. Um, and it's a really funny podcast cause he's just, it's just one guy rambling, which is hard. Like I can't imagine, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I talk so much on the gear slum that it's just one guy talking, but it's, it would be hard to, to literally be the only guy talking, you know? 
Um, uh, I've uh, I've only found a handful of podcasts that can actually pull that off and make totally. it listenable. And yeah. it, and it's usually more like informational ones, not ones that are yep. like supposed to be entertaining. They're it's just, like news. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, news or in you know business stuff or whatever. It's that I can listen to that, but yeah, I there's I don't think I have that skill set. I no. couldn't sit there and make myself. And here we have true bypass versus buffered bypass. And here's exactly, why. exactly. Like, or like, so this is the new, this new pedal was announced by Electro Harmonics and it is this and this and this, you know, cause it's like, I can just go read that and that's easier than listening to it. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I was big into podcasts. So I found 60 cycle hum. I found guitar nerds back when it was GAK, like really early on. Um, then I found 60 cycle hum, uh, in, you know, I started listening within the first 10 episodes or so. Oh, okay. And then I, I, at first I wasn't really all that involved in any of the Facebook groups at all. I hadn't joined any of them. I wasn't really into Facebook period. Um, but one time I, I, uh, there's an ad I really wanted to send in and that was kind of the, maybe I emailed the first one I sent in, but at any rate, they at 60 cycle home started talking more and more about their Facebook group. And so I was like, ah, maybe I'll just go join. And, and, it, and I ended up, uh, sort of going there a lot. Um, and so I'd been listening for a couple of years and a couple of the guys that I would interact with a lot in the group, um, Aaron and Phil, we, we were in a group chat and we basically just started chatting like every day. It started off being mostly about what was happening in 60 cycle hum or gear talk, praise and worship or whatever. But then we just sort of would start talking about everything and have become really good friends. And Aaron has had a radio show that he was doing like an actual, like over the air radio show. Um, and he told us one time, Hey, you should go listen to it. So we went and listened to it. And I was like, man, we should do a podcast because you're really good at, you know, talking on mic or whatever. And we have, we seem to have a good, uh, chemistry together and everything. So we just on a whim and we went back a couple episodes ago, just out of curiosity. And I found the message where we'd said, Hey, we should do a podcast. And our first episode came out like two days later or something. And I remember that that episode where you were (laughs) reviewing that, (laughs) which was, uh, which is ridiculous in hindsight. And it explains part of why it sounded like garbage, you know, um, cause (laughs) Cause at the time we weren't thinking. So basically we had this idea that we were going to be a fan podcast of 60 cycle hum. So we'd go back and, and sort of uh, we'd listen to their old episode and then kind of talk about it and how it, you know, fits in currently and what's changed since then and whatever else. Right. Um, back then you were, uh, you were known as 60 cycle slum, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which by the way, it, it pays to choose your name early and stick with it because changing URLs and things like that is a, a real pain in the butt with podcasts. <laughs> I remember when you guys switched and I was like, good call. Like you did yeah. it like you didn't yeah. do it. Like, you know, you're at episode whatever, 50 something. And like, imagine if you would have changed. Yep. I'm actually have a similar problem because um, when you I, I should have not called it the tonemob.com podcast when I put it into iTunes and everything, yeah. because now people have a hard time finding it unless they search all one word. Like they'll search tone space mob and it doesn't show up. And I'm like, because well, iTunes search st- is like the least, it's the least sophisticated search function known to man. It's, it's ridiculous. Horrible. So it's, yeah, but now it's, you know, it's so deep. It's like, I can't really change totally. it. Yeah, yeah. You know, cause that's but, how, so we had that conversation. So initially it kind of started out as let's try this out and 
we had no we had no thoughts that it would last any decent amount of time, you know. But mm-hmm. once we got a couple episodes in, we realized like, hey, we really enjoy talking to each other. We have a lot of fun and we were actually getting, you know, feedback from people that like, hey, this is actually entertaining. You know, nobody's going to accuse us of being uh, particularly informative or anything like that. But um, uh, but but by the same token, I feel like all three of us have like good experience that, you know, we're not we're not ignorant to, you know, gear and things like that. Um, Just but, burritos. Exactly. <laughs> you have no idea how angry Phil and Aaron still get about that. I can't it's remember so who funny. I can't remember who brought it up recently and Aaron was like, "Oh, Aaron was so mad that he brought it up again." It was for, oh, the, it for the people who for, don't know, there's there's an episode, I think it's titled Essence of Burrito, right? Yes. Yeah, if if you if you want a really good feel for what oh, what the Gear Slum podcast no. is, <laughs> you go back and listen to that it's episode. So terrible. We have a way of we have a way of arguing. So yeah, in that podcast, we basically argued about well, we were talking about what are the key ingredients of a breakfast burrito. And so you're thinking like eggs and you know sausage and peppers or whatever. And Phil said tortillas. And Aaron was like, that's not a key ingredient of breakfast burritos because it's already just assumed by being a burrito that it has a tortilla. It is the the dumbest, most meaningless argument. And I was very, I, I get in, I can argue about anything, you know? And so we got into this argument and yeah, it just, uh, yeah. It, I love it. It still I haunts us to this day. I, <laughs> I think, and a lot of people liked it. And it's, and that's one funny thing. And I don't know if you're the same way, if you get as much sort of direct feedback about very specific parts of your podcast, but we're not very good at predicting what people are going to enjoy. Cause we have a lot of podcasts where after we record, we're like, Oh man, they're they're not gonna like that one, or it wasn't funny enough, or whatever, and and that ends up being really popular, you know. So it's, have you noticed that at all? It's a tough one to gauge. Um, it's 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 with mine, it's a little different because every episode it follows a similar thing, but I never really yeah. know where it's gonna go based on the guest. Um, but with when I'm on chasing tone, we kind of have those conversations. I don't have those conversations with most guests. Like, oh boy, like. I don't think that was a good one because that re- that rarely yeah, happens. Yeah, because what? And also, yeah. like, what good does that? That just makes people like anxious or whatever. Yeah, and I honestly, I've never really encountered one where I was like, "Well, that was terrible." Like, yeah, totally. N- like that guy's not coming back on. Like that guy, you know that that's yeah, literally yeah. never happened. Um, I'm sure it will at some point, but <laughs> but I mean, it, when you're having your first conversation with somebody, it makes sense that you're not going to run into a ton of you know just total brick walls or just like terrible bits that fall flat on their face or whatever, you know? No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty consistent. Um, I do have like certain ones that like, I'm not, well, this most recent one in particular, it wasn't, I mean, not that he wasn't entertaining, but it wasn't funny, you know, uh, with Joshua. Uh, and, and it was like, I had no idea that was going to happen that we were going to talk about his, his daughter and, and their struggles. And it was like that, that was, um, probably uncharacteristic of my podcast, but at the same time, I received a lot, a ton of feedback on it. And I I felt the same way. Like I, I don't know it. Yes. I, I, I totally felt that way about that episode that it was very good, even though it wasn't like necessarily on brand for your stuff, you know? No. And I, it was, it was kind of a new angle for me to try to deal with more serious subject matter. Um, Totally. And it kind of exposed, uh, I guess, a, 
to, to me, it exposed a weakness in myself from an interviewing standpoint, because it's like, it's hard to pivot. You know, I'm used to being like, hey, hey, woohoo, we're laughing about pizza. Yeah, yeah. And, and pedals, you know, and then it was like, oh, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's get all serious about this, because this is serious, you know, and it yeah. was, it was a little bit challenging for me. Hopefully it wasn't too bad, but it was hard for me to process. No, I really enjoyed the episode, but yeah, I can imagine in the heat of the moment that it would have been very uh, nerve wracking for you, you know, <clears throat> and, well, I mean, and it's oh, go ahead. I was going to say we we struggle with some of the same things and especially in the moment of recording because we'll dig pretty deep. You know, we had this one episode where we talked a lot about uh, sexism in the music industry and things like that. And and all three of us are very opinionated about that topic and um and feel strongly about it. And so, you know, our podcast tends to be, uh, three guys kind of joking around and, and, uh, making jokes that, uh, aren't necessarily appropriate for this podcast. Not totally <laughs> inappropriate, but I will have the listeners know that Blake, uh, warned me ahead of time that, Hey, we keep it, we keep it a little tighter around these parts, you know, <laughs> and you guys on the slum, but, but, you know, we delve into some pretty serious topics sometimes and in the back of my mind and, and phil and aaron are the same way where it's like oh man is this gonna like just totally turn everyone off but then you know people i don't know people like to listen to comedy podcasts but they also feel strongly about stuff too and so it's you know as long as you're being honest and sincere about it i think there's nothing wrong with it you know totally i mean uh it it, it and, and there was also the way you guys spun it in the episode too though it was in the in the title it was like three white guys solve you know, whatever. Yeah, like, like we kind of still kind of humorous. Yeah, and we kind of like diffused, like we took the criticism out. Like we kind of headed it off at the past to say, like, hey, we understand from the get go that we're not qualified to talk about <laughs> racism right. and sexism being white guys, but we're going to anyways. So you know, <laughs> right? We we just because we're not we don't experience it doesn't mean that we can't talk about it. I yeah, guess. exactly. I don't know. Or yeah, however yeah. you guys put it, but um. Anyway, where, where, you know, I'm going off the deep end, but the point is like, no, I don't really have those same conversations or things like you guys do. But when I do Chasing Tone, Brian and I are always getting done and scratching our heads going, hmm, is that going to be a good one? Like, is that what we yeah. want to, you know, it, like we were really not sure about like Brian's whole, uh, like Luke Bryan impersonation that he did recently. We were like, do we want to put that out? Like, <laughs> like, are we, and he was, and especially cause he knows people who play for him. And so he's like, I don't know if I'm going to get a whole bunch of nonsense or whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. It was, yeah, I laughed. It was a tiny bit, you know, cringeworthy, I guess, but no, it was, <laughs> it was good. And, and um, I think, I think we get very, we probably get more direct feedback than a lot of podcasts do in their groups because like the tone mob group, um, and you'll, you'll even post about it sometimes that like, Hey, you guys know, this is a podcast, right? Um, and, and the group is kind of just like a general, it's about gear and the podcast is a part of it where the gear slum, you know, like every Thursday when a new episode comes out, like the group is dominated by people just like posting quotes that they laughed at or you know like mm -hmm. we get very specific feedback about things that people liked and didn't like i think maybe more than some of the bigger podcasts well if you look at kind of the the gear slum audience in particular it's it's made up of people who came directly from you know podcast specific groups that were hardcore into podcasts 
And yeah. It, and it was branched off of a, you know, it was started as a sort of fan podcast. So yeah, it's like, totally. you're going to get the most, you're going to get the most like podcast specific people or listeners imaginable. Like, whereas, exactly. yeah, the, the other ones are kind of just more like just guitar fans. They, they're guitar fans who happen to list a po- podcast. And I, yeah, would be willing to bet money that everyone in the Gear Slum group is a podcast fan who happens to be a guitar player. <laughs> totally. No, exactly. And I think part of that is just over time that starts to go that trends downwards, you know, like we get the podcast people first and then over time, you know, people show up from their suggested groups. And I always I always feel a little bit bad when someone joins the Gear Slum and then they'll they'll post just like some generic post that you would post in any other like gear talk or something like that. Like, Hey, here's my pedal board. You or like know? looking for advice or something. Yeah. yeah. And either, either it just goes completely ignored, which I don't know which is worse, but I feel bad when just nobody comments and like, we might as well just turn off commenting and it just disappears, you know, or people kind of give them a hard time and, and, you know, some people take it in stride and some people, you know, just kind of disappear, I guess. <laughs> it's, <laughs> It can be an yeah. intimidating group at first, for sure. Oh yeah, because we're all we're all just a bunch of bunch of like trolley weirdos in there. Yeah, I feel like, and um, even like, and I don't know how you, I don't know how you are when you go in that group versus the Tone Mob or like the Sixty Cycle Hum guys. But you know, if if you want to post something and kind of let your uh, let your hair down a little bit, you might be more inclined to post in the Gear Slum than in the Tone Mob or something like that. You know. When I when I post in in my own group, I try to keep it related to general gear stuff or podcast stuff that happen on my you know on my exactly. particular yeah totally podcast. Um, when I go when I post in the gear slum, I'm not really afraid to to like post uh, something that's kind of not related to anything, but people might get a kick out of. Yeah, that's, like a picture, like you post a picture of a pedal, and all anyone talks about is how weird looking your thumb is, for example. Exactly, which I I got a <laughs> kick out of it. <laughs> And then we all posted pictures of our thumbs and realized like, oh, everyone's thumb is weird looking. (laughs) It's just thumbs are weird. Well, and then I I think I I did, I posted another picture of my thumb and people accused me of getting cosmetic surgery because it looked normal (laughs) in that picture. (laughs) Like a two-face on, (laughs) you know. It it was the same thumb too, I'm pretty sure. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, because you're probably taking the picture with the same hand, you know. Yeah, I'm looking at my thumb in general right now. I, I just have a weird hand. I don't know if everybody's yeah. hands weird, but I got yeah, like mine, this big, big palm and then short, these short stubby fingers. Yeah. I watch, and, I watch people like, uh, oh crap. I just blanked on his name. Who's the guy, uh, with, oh, Paul Gilbert. Is that his, no, the guy with the Iceman and the, the yeah, Iceman signature. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You watch him play and his fingers are like a foot long each. They're like these yes. spindly little fingers. And it's like, Oh, here's how you play this riff. And it's like, yeah, maybe I could play that if my fingers looked like that, you know, but I have like huge <laughs> sausage fingers and yeah, I, I, I do not have hands made for guitar. That's for sure. I don't really either, which is kind of weird. Um, and what's even weirder for me is I have these short fingers, but I am most, most comfortable on guitars with like big necks. I like the fifties Gibson necks. So I don't like know why. Big, like a big neck profile. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. I'm the same way. I don't way, know and why. I- I don't know if it's just playing style. Part of it, I guess, is from having played acoustic for so long. Um, that that probably is part of why I'm that way. But yeah, I have. And to get, I don't want to get off into uh, uh, my own specific gear too much. But I, uh, I just recently <laughs> was able to purchase my second Roni guitar, 
Um, it still hasn't still hasn't arrived yet, but I <clears throat> I have a Roni little stinker, and it's kind of ruined me on all other guitars because it honestly the neck is just perfect for me, and it's a pretty deep neck, and it also doesn't taper like the depth of the neck doesn't change uh, over the length of the neck, you know, which right. I really like, and I wouldn't have necessarily known that, you know, you you try to like look at specs on paper of what neck profile is what and all that stuff, but yeah, this. Uh, the neck on that guitar is perfect. And that's kind of, I kind of realized I like deeper necks that way, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, my Oceana is the same way um, with that same profile. Um, and I really, really like it. It's kind of, it's a similar, I, I, I don't know. I've never actually like measured a neck to like know what, what dimensions I actually like. Yeah. I just pick it up and go, yeah, this is good or nope, you know? Um, and it, uh, it feels similar to like my 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 Gibson, um, my my old junior, but yeah, it but it, the Gibson tapers, um, yep, and this totally. one doesn't. So yeah, I I dig it a lot. It's a good it's a good shape for me as well. So maybe maybe there's something to this our our sausage fingers like big necks. <laughs> I don't know. Speaking I don't I don't play much acoustic, so that doesn't explain it for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It part of it is just like. You know, if you play a ton of bar chords, I'm sure it has a huge, like it changes based on where you put your thumb. For example, if you put it right on the back of the fretboard or right on the back of the neck, or if you kind of wrap around a little bit, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Speaking I of your Gibsons, this. though, I'd I'd rather avoid I'd I'd rather just avoid talking about your other Gibson because it it breaks my heart whenever I see you post about it. Which one? Because like you, my dream my dream guitar since I was a kid was a white Les Paul Custom with gold hardware. Oh yeah. I'm looking at it right now. I can't believe it. I can it was kind of a weird feeling, honestly. Like that was one of the few guitars that I've I've had other guitars that I wanted when I was a kid and that I don't really care about anymore. Totally. Um, like so, some more shreddy stuff. Um I just don't care. Like that's not my not my jam. I nothing yeah. wrong with it. I just don't like that stuff that well anymore. And but that that particular guitar aesthetically has never left my my childhood brain yeah. like i always yeah. wanted one uh, a lot of it was from watching like some of the the like the metal guys i was watching back yeah. in the day and, and like metalcore bands well, and all, really the punk, big. all the punk bands too you know they were all playing les paul customs it seemed like or you know a lot, a lot of them had les paul juniors i guess but yeah, yeah. And, and, and so it was just stuck in my head as like the guitar and i i'd played a bunch of them you know they'd come in they'd come into old town or whatever and i'd I'd play a couple of them here and there and they, and a lot of them were dogs. I totally. was just like, and that's, that's the part that I'm like, so that I'm like, so happy for you about, because I'll play guitars that on paper are my dream guitar and then you play it and it sucks. So the fact that you found this guitar that meets both ends of it is really cool, you know? And I think is rare, you know, like, you, like there's no, a lot of old guitars are really nice and a lot of them are total garbage, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This one's an 81, um, and I, it was funny cause I stopped by old town because Hank, who's been on the, the show before, he's the, uh -huh. the manager of the store there. He wanted to, he just wanted to talk about like business stuff. And so I just stopped by real quick and I, and I was showing him a few things and I was like, Hey, that's a really nice looking custom you got there. And it, it had been there for a while. Um, I seen them post it like a, like a couple weeks prior and it, it honestly, it almost sold to a like a Japanese dealer. Oh, geez. and they, en <clears throat> they ended up not buying it. 
And I was kind of restraining myself from going down and playing it. I was, I was like, I don't, I, I don't need this right now. I'm trying to be somewhat responsible uh, as. And a you weren't lady. necessarily ready to like drop the cash on it that day if you if you loved it type of thing. Exactly. I was like, if I end up loving it, then I'm not. Then I, I, I don't. I, I have the money, but it should officially yeah. go to somewhere you gotta else. Some, you got to make some <laughs> things happen, and it, you know, it's a decision you have to make. Yeah. And so I, I didn't go down there the day they posted it. Although I, I think, uh, I think Leon and Jess, uh, who, you know, uh, I always feel weird if I don't know if I have to explain these people anymore. But then I feel like if I got, a, <laughs> if I got a new listener, like they're not going to know who Leon and Jess yeah, are. They're your but buddies. Leon, you know, they're my, they're my homies. Um, and uh, anyway, they were kind of like, "You got to go play that thing." I was like, "No, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't." And yeah. so I went down there to help Hank with something else, and the guitar was still there. He, Hank was like, yeah, that, that dealer ended up not picking it up. And I was going, hmm, all right, well, let me just pick it up for a second. And I yeah. picked it up and gave it a, gave it a strum, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, it un- unplugged. I was like, uh-oh, yeah, yeah. I think this is a good one. And I, like, ran my hand, you know, and it has that big, fat 50s neck like yeah, I like. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, uh-oh, I think I might be in trouble. And I didn't... Pl- yeah, I didn't plug it in. I, uh-huh. I was like, no, no, I think I already know what this is going to sound like, so I'm not going to plug it in. And I, I, and I, I won't be able to resist. And I got home and uh, told my wife about it, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's cool, you know, whatever, another guitar. Yeah. And, and then, like, it, it's amazing because it, it, the guitar stayed there for, like, a little while. Like, I don't remember if it was, like, a week or two. But finally, my wife looked at me one evening. She's like, will you shut up about that guitar and just go get it? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, OK, that's that's the push I needed. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> She's never said that about any piece of gear ever. She was just like, will you shut up about that well, guitar and go. And that's the way you it want already. it. That's the way you want it to happen, because the other option is you bought it the first day you played it. And then after a week the it had kind of worn off. And then it's like, oh, man, now I'm stuck with this. Guitar, well, fortunately. You know? Yeah, fortunately, the the magic or whatever's in that thing um, has continued to stay it with lasted. it. Lasted, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have I've had it for months now, and it's my most played guitar since I bought it. So, that, yeah. I guess that says something. And I've yeah. been staring at it this entire time we've been talking about it. So I guess that that either says I'm a super weirdo <laughs> or it's really something special. So, and that's that's how I am with the little stinker too. It's it's kind of crazy because I and that's how so I have a Midtown custom. Mm-hmm. Uh, which um it's a it's a hollow body the it's a flat top hollow body i mean it's a really cool guitar and on paper it's the type you know it's it would it's a guitar that i would have always dreamed of type of thing but i almost never play it but i got this little stinker um and and i just play it more than all of my guitars including i have a warmoth uh they call it a jazz caster but it's a jazz master body shape but with telecaster pickups in it you know and that mm-hmm. had been that had been my number one guitar since I put it together. Um, but when I got the little stinker, it just that's the one that I always want to pick up and play. So somebody messaged me earlier this week and was like, "Hey, you know, he had he had heard me talk about it a lot, and he knew how much I liked it." He was like, "Hey, I I need to sell a couple guitars," and so he sent me a picture of this Roni that he had and was wanting to sell. And I was like, "Yes, I want it. I need to." So I've been like in full liquidation mode all week. I've been selling stuff like crazy, like just <laughs> to raise the cash for it. So, so yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked for, and it's a, it's an Oceana that, um, yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty excited for that. It's a, it's the Oceana, uh, marquee, right? The big one. 
Uh, probably or, or, it's or not a it hollow being... body. Oh, it's not. Okay. Oh, it's I don't think it is. Then no. it's not. Then it's not the marquee. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just the the normal sized one. But but yeah, it's uh, it has three three mini humbuckers. Well, they're you know, uh, roadhouse pickups. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's really cool. Um, Sweet. So yeah, and and it's cool. I like I I like that because I go through a lot of gear for those you know for those who haven't listened to the Gear Slam or haven't seen me in the groups or whatever. Um, in the last couple of years, I've owned like a hundred guitars, you know, <clears throat> and sometimes I feel like, you know, am I ever going to actually find a guitar that I just want to keep forever, you know, or do I just, does everything have a price where if someone made me an offer, I'd take it, you know, <laughs> and, and this is the, this is the, really the first guitar probably where I, I can't imagine ever selling it, you know? Yeah, unless, that's interesting. Unless Ryan wants to trade me for his orange little stinker, because I really want that. <laughs> that thing's really awesome. Yeah. I like that thing a lot. So that's a, that's an interesting thing that maybe we could talk about because you you are the the opposite of me, um, mm-hmm. whereas like like yes everything has a price um, to to me but it's I I never put it up for sale and I I just can't imagine like people to get me to sell one of my guitars I'm either gonna have to be like needing money which is fine like yeah totally like, you know like that you gotta you gotta pay the bills you gotta pay the bills and that that's totally I that's I would sell, I would sell all of my guitars if I, you know, needed to, but, um, like if I don't need to, um, and it's like just to acquire another one, my mindset has always been like, well, unless it's like something that's going to go away and I'm never going to see it again, I'll just save the money until I can afford it, you know, or work it or work a payment thing with the builder or whatever the situation may, may be. Um, but like, like a couple of mine in particular, I, I have kind of, a, you know, I get emotionally attached to them and I don't yeah. know, I don't think you do at all. And I'm wondering like what the I difference is. Well, it's because is. I have no emotions cause I'm a heartless, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I have my first nice acoustic guitar that I bought in high school is a, it's a Yamaha compass series. They, it, it's like these special edition ones. I don't know if you remember the compass series, but they were, I don't. They were around the Yamaha. They were kind of, there's a million different versions of it, but they were around forever. And they were kind of Yamaha's main uh, acoustic guitar other than just their generic dreadnought, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But at any rate, it's, it's this ridiculous guitar. It's, they made one for each point of the compass and this is the West one. So it has <clears throat> like pearl and turquoise inlays on the fretboard. And then it has like bullhorns around the sound hole. I mean, it's like, yes. you know, it, it's like what you would picture a Japanese company would come up for as a Western guitar, you know, like the most <laughs> stereotypical. And, uh, and so, yeah, but I, I have an emotional attachment to that one, but yeah, it's like you were saying before, part of my motivation, like, you know, when a Roni comes up since he's not making them anymore, which hopefully <clears throat> he will again, uh, sooner than later, but you know, those aren't going to come up again for the, you know, for the foreseeable right. future, right. I guess. But, but for example, I just got a Les Paul Jr. a couple weeks ago. Uh, and it's a, I actually really like it. Um, but I listed it for sale when this Roni came up because it's like, yeah, if I just, you know, there's Les Paul Juniors out there, I can just go buy another one if I really want one down the road, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel about, about all my gear. You know, I, there's certain gear that I keep, that, like my main amp is a deluxe reverb reissue. Um, mm-hmm. And that 
I would never sell it just because that's my main amp that I use. You know, if if a brand new one and mine is like a 2005 or something like that. So like if a right. brand new one came up for a cheap price, I would buy it and sell this one, for example, <laughs> you know, like just do a straight swap or whatever. But I I'll probably always own a deluxe reverb just because it's my favorite amp and I've never, you know, but it's not really an emotional attachment to that specific amp, I guess. So right. I don't know. I don't know why I don't have that. It's I, I, I think a lot of people don't have that. I just think it's a weird thing that I have. Um, but now I'm kind of looking at because um, I'm sitting out here in the, the old shred shed and I'm looking at most of the, my stuff. I think it's because most of my stuff I have kind of it's either I've had it for a long time. Like my first electric guitar has been there for through thick and thin. It's just like can't get rid of that. It's, yeah. And it's and it's a good guitar. Um, uh, and then like but most of my stuff I own, with the exception of pedals, has been either a family thing or kind of personalized for me in some way. Like my Benson amp is covered in this couch material. My grandpa was an upholsterer and hmm. he, I have a, I'm sitting in a chair right now that he, he recovered. Uh-huh. Um, this is the same grandpa that had the junior. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sitting in a chair right now that he recovered and I were, we were trying to figure out what to wrap my Benson in. We were going to do this like cool, like Pendleton wool thing and we kept doing it and it wouldn't turn out. It would look awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because it just didn't, it just didn't work. Um, well, wrapping wood is a lot different from wrapping something that like stretches, you know? Yeah. Like push well, against he, it, you know? he had done a couple of them and they turned out great. So, but I just kept picking poor material choices. And okay. so when he, yeah, when yeah. he would, he would coat it and then it would like fray up and look like this weird, look like it needed shaved. It was, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> it looked, so I was finally like, I'll bug it, Chris, just do it in your normal stripes. And I was like fumbling around in my closet or something. And I found this material that matched the chair I'm sitting in. I was like, why do I have this role? You know, why do, why do I have this? And then it was like, oh, probably because I have that chair and I don't know why I have it. And then it dawned on me. It's like, that would look rad on that amp. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I've got this weird, like kind of eighties looking couch material on, on my amp. And it's like, well, that's my special thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything, everything, almost everything I have, not not across the board, has some sort of like story to it, to where it's like that's going to be really hard to get rid of. The only one I'm looking at right now that doesn't really have any that I I wouldn't be heartbroken if I had to sell it would be my Rickenbacker, and that's because I I always wanted one, um, but not like super bad. And then there was a store local store having a fire sale because they were they were shutting down and they were blowing them out like ridiculously cheap. Yeah. And so that's that's the only one I don't really have a super personal thing. <laughs> well, and that's that's honestly probably why I don't have a tie to a lot of my equipment because I pretty much <laughs> only buy stuff when it's really cheap, you know. <laughs> I'm kind of an opportunist in that way and so so yeah, when I other than like I have an American Strat that's Sonic Blue and and I I bought it you know, at sort of a fair market value because I've always wanted a Sonic Blue Strat, you know, but other than that, Mm -hmm. it's like the guitars that I buy, it's because they come up at an amazing price. It's not like I commissioned them to be exactly to my specs or something like that. So it's like, uh, I'll sell this one for more than I bought it for and then buy the next one that comes along or whatever. Right. Um, Which is kind of, I think we've cracked the code. That makes a lot, a lot more sense. I think more people do, or at least in the groups that we have, I think a lot of people operate in more your mindset than mine. Um, 
I usually have a specific thing I'm looking for at the time. Like I really yeah. want X, Y, Z. Um, and it, not always the case, but usually there's a specific thing I want and, and that's what I want. I don't, I don't usually buy things just because they're cheap. Like I'll see, I've seen cheap deals on lots of stuff and I'm like, yeah, but I don't really want that thing. So it doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I just buy it and then relist it the next day for more. And you know, which is not a bad thing because I mean, no. hey, you can you can flip for flip to get to the thing that you want. That's that's totally. probably actually better than what I do. And that's kind of <laughs> what I've done. You know, it was you know probably two years ago. My only electric guitar was uh, a Mexican deluxe. Um, I don't know if you've seen those. They have gold hardware and they they come in weird colors. But um, the Mexican deluxe Strat and a Mustang three amp. And, you know, I've done enough flipping to where now I have like, you know, six American guitars and a bunch of amps and a bunch of pedals and stuff like that. And right. it's kind of, I've kind of funded it all through just flipping. Um, I've kind of gotten uh, mostly cause I travel so much now for work and I usually don't drive to work when I am in town. And so I'm not able to just get up and go when a deal comes up, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I haven't been doing nearly as much flipping in the last six months. Yeah. That makes sense. And yeah. I, I, uh, I, I sometimes wonder, I'm like, am I going to get to a point where like, cause I, I, I already have said like, I'm not going to build another structure to hold gear. Like that's just stupid. Like yeah, it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of stupid in the first place that I built one to begin with. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, <laughs> but it's well, awesome at the same well, time. Well, it allows me to play really loud at like midnight. So totally. it's not totally stupid. Yeah, um, yeah, which is actually works out really well because that's my son usually goes to sleep. He he, you know, goes to sleep around like ten thirty, uh -huh. and so and my wife puts him to sleep, and I'm like, all right, I sneak out for an hour to go jam, yeah, yeah. and I could never do that otherwise. It, I just yeah. it would wake everyone up no matter totally. how quiet I tried to play. So it worked out good in that regard. But the point is, is like I'm not going to build another one. Yeah, that's that's just in, that that speaks to. A, a, probably a mental disorder uh, or something. Uh, yeah. So at like some hole, point, I'm, what hole in I'm, your life are you trying to fill with all this? You know, like <laughs> you get into the psychology questions and everything. Yeah. So I, the point is, like, at some point, I'm probably going to have a big like sell off. I just don't know what that point is, uh, or or what it will look like when I do that. <laughs> My dad's honestly, like, "You got too many pedals." I'm like, "No, this, it's impossible." This this Roni coming up has kind of pushed me into that a little bit because I, I already was able to sell enough stuff to to raise the money for it. Um, but I still have my junior and my Midtown custom and I'm still I still have both of those listed. And if I get, you know, my full asking price, I'll sell them because um, mm -hmm. I've kind of just I kind of just came to the realization that like, well, I bought this guitar. I bought the Midtown custom. It had a broken neck and I bought it online, which was a huge gamble. Um, they had, the person hadn't tried to repair it. So it was just, you know, broken when I got it and I was able to repair it and it was a really easy deal. You know, it, the wood, you know, matched back together really well. Cause the guy hadn't messed with it too much. Um, mm -hmm. and, and at the time I, you know, I thought, oh man, I'm never going to sell this guitar. And you know, I've got, it's got this whole story behind it and whatever, but, but then it sat on my wall for the last year and I haven't really touched it at all. So it's like at that point. Yeah, you might as well. Like, what's the point in me owning that, you know? Yeah, you might as well get it to somebody who who does want to, 
You yeah. Know? And then again, if I, if I decide in a year that I really want one again, I'll just go buy another one, <laughs> you yeah. know, cause it's yeah, just a factory are... guitar that is available. Yeah. Those are available. It's, it's yeah, I, I can get that. Like there's, yeah. I, I've been, since I do get to play almost not every day, but almost every day I do, I've been playing my custom the most, but I do pretty much rotate through everything pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, Part of it is because, like, I'll get some stuff in to, to try out, and it's like, well, how does it sound with my telly? How does it sound with, you know, this guitar and yeah. that guitar? It it actually is, is come in handy from a kind of, uh, you know, for the, the business side of it. Like, make totally. sure that I'm getting, getting, getting it, that it, you know, this pedal or whatever I'm trying to, trying to help with, it will sound yeah. good for everybody or whatever. And that's like the um, whole reason I haven't sold my strat because I almost never play it, but it's like, Nah, you gotta own a strat, I guess. <laughs> like, and that's funny. That's that's a guitar that not, I've never never cared about. Yeah, I I don't own a I don't own a strat, and I I don't really I don't really I probably will at some point. Um, but I just never cared that much. Um, if I do, I, I kind of want like a '70s big headstock, and that's like about the only specification I have for it. Yeah. I just don't. I'm not a strat guy. I don't. I love how they sound, and I like how they play but I don't like looking at them for some reason. And I'm kind of the same way. I I've always liked, like they've always been really comfortable to me, but I like, I prefer the way that Telecasters sound. Mm-hmm. And so then I guess it was about a year ago when I got a J Mascus jazz master. And that's first, that's the first offset that I had played. Um, and you know, I put it on with a strap and it was like, Holy crap, this, this is like a revelation. This fits my, this fits me so well. And so that's why I built this jazz caster. Cause it was like, well, it, it's, it's the only downside in telecasters for me partially is cause I'm, you know, kind of a big fat dude and telecasters are kind of small. And so they look even smaller on me, <laughs> but, but they're not super comfortable to me. Uh, like not having an, not having an arm bevel and stuff like that just isn't, isn't comfortable when you're playing for hours at a time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they're really comfortable sitting down, but I almost never play sitting down. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's why I kind of built, uh, it, it seemed to have, it, it seemed to have the, the best of both worlds, but yeah, strats for me, it's like, I like the sound of it and it's a unique sound and they're comfortable, but yeah, I don't necessarily need to have one hanging on my wall and I don't necessarily love the way they look either. Yeah. And it, it's not that they're ugly and I've seen yeah, some that I really, really like as far as visuals, but it has to be like the just right combo for me to really dig the strat for some reason. Yeah. And that's how um, mine, in fact, mine was this, it was a limited edition run that they did of these Sonic blue. They did this three surf colors, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and it had a Rosewood fretboard, but in my mind, I always thought, you know, it should have a maple fretboard. <laughs> so somebody was selling another American strat with a maple fretboard and I bought it and just swapped the necks and sold sold the white you know <laughs> the other strat with the rosewood fretboard so they were even they were from the same year and everything so it worked out really well nice um yeah so but yeah I. that's, a, that's an interesting thing to talk about too is i always thought when i was going to get a telecaster that it would be like a traditional like straight telecaster with a maple neck and everything and the telly that i ended up falling in love with was my telly custom which is not a traditional telecaster at all it's like almost gibson-esque more so than it is oh yeah you know does it have does it have two wide range humbuckers so just the one in the neck 
and then and the then Telly a Telecaster bridge. bridge. Yeah, that's a good yeah. mix. Yeah, I I love it. I I went to, I went because I seen it at the shop they posted it, and I was like, that guitar looks really cool. What and color I is it? it? It's black with the the black guard with the bevel, so it's got the the oh, white. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then a rosewood neck, and it was like the backward backwards from what I thought I would look for in a telly, uh-huh. and I ended up just like adding the most Gibson ish telly that I that I have, and I guess that's just because I've played Gibsons for so long. Yeah, um, yeah. I oh, I keep thinking that that I like maple necks, um, just for a change, and I always end up liking rosewood better on on fenders for some reason. Really? I don't know why? Yeah, I prefer I prefer maple uh mostly for the feel um i think because i probably press the strings way too hard and so i you know feel the fretboard more than i should probably but yeah i like the nice smooth you know kind of glossy feel yeah yeah yeah. makes sense i i I, i'll find one one day surely that i'll it'll be the i like maple i mean i've played guitars that i and i dig them but i just seem to prefer rosewood i don't i don't know all of my guitars have a pretty much have a well with exception of the ricky pretty much have a a fretboard like that yeah Um, yeah now that i'm thinking about it yeah they do weird i guess i have a type (laughs) you didn't even know it (laughs) no i just it just dawned on me yeah uh that's funny that's funny um before we started recording we 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 were starting to go in a direction I hoped that we would go, but we kind of didn't. Um, and that's kind of like talking about podcasting in particular, um, where you were starting to mention that you, how it's like blurs the lines between kind of business and hobby sort of into to some yeah. degree. And I very much think that's true. And I, I, I cut you off and said, let's finish that on the podcast. And then we didn't, but I'd like you to revisit that thought now, if you have yeah, I kind of feel the same way about like flipping where, uh, so, so the thing that sort of made me think about it recently was I was just listening to the episode of the Lutherist, uh, with Kevin Equitz mm-hmm. and, uh, he, I, I really, I really like his attitude towards, uh, guitar building and the business side of guitars. And, and, you know, there's, there's room for, for all sorts of guitar businesses, but in his mind, he sees it as just kind of a part-time job, I guess, um, because he wants to make money from it, but it's, and so it's not a hobby fully, but it's, you know, it's also not a full-time job that he's going to quit his other job for. Um, Mm -hmm. and I feel the same way it's, and that's like the hard line that you have to try to draw with podcasting because it takes a lot of time, you know, um, not just the time you're recording, but then you got to, you know, editing and everything else, you know, it takes multiple hours a week and, like for the gear slum, um, you know, we're, you know, we have, we have like our street crew, which lets people, it's basically just a way for people to donate to us. <laughs> Let's be honest. There's, the incentives uh, aren't, uh, aren't exactly all that tangible, I guess. Um, but got a sweet patch. I'm just looking for a yeah, new jacket to put it yeah, on. Exactly. No, the patches did actually turn out pretty sweet, but they it's, did. But it's kind of it's kind of a way uh, to to justify it for us because we really enjoy doing the podcast. But at a certain point, when you're sinking so much time into it, there has to be some. And you know, there are some podcasts uh, like you know, I don't know as much about you know the business behind your podcast. But once you once you hit some critical mass of listeners, you can start monetizing it pretty well. You know, um, 
and then it becomes then it sort of transitions more over into the part-time job i'm sure um but but yeah it's a hard i guess i guess the hard thing is you you have to sort of reevaluate that every so often because say you you've been podcasting for a year and you don't have nearly as many listeners as you wanted to or something like that then you might reevaluate like well is this really worth it to keep going and stuff like that so i don't know what your what are your thoughts on it um, so I've, you know, I've done things with the, with the group and with, with various, you know, with the listeners, the, you know, I've done things with, with the community that, um, uh, like doing these pedal projects and things like that, uh-huh. that have, and then there's the sponsors and, and that, but it, it's definitely, it's definitely transist, tra- uh, transitioned into more of the part-time job territory for me. Uh-huh. Um, but really, honestly, what it's done done for me more than anything and i think that's why i kind of want to just keep it i mean i always want more and more people to listen but i don't think i ever aggressively want to monetize the thing i'm i I, you know i'll put as many sponsors as i would be comfortable listening to a podcast you know like i'm not going to just saturate it with like 25 sponsorship spots because that's just annoying yeah Um, yeah totally and and i don't i don't want to be like aggressively monetizing it because it then it's not really cool anymore and I always try to approach everything with like, if do I do if somebody else was doing this, would I be into it? Yeah. Um, and and if the answer is no, then it's like then I'm not going to do it because yeah. that's lame. Um, at the same time, you do got to kind of make it worth your worth your time because there's a lot of there's a lot of time sunk into it. But for me, what it's done more than anything is helped me learn about you know growing an audience and growing a business and. Um, I've, and through that, it's like, now I'm helping other people do that. And that's actually, um, much more profitable and much more, um, I feel better about it because it's like, I'm not aggressively beating my audience over the head. I'm helping other people expand their reach, you know, and it goes beyond guitars. It all, I, some people will argue with me on this, but like the concepts for, you know, building online businesses that are consumer product driven are it's all the same totally it's you have to deliver a different message and your branding has to be audience you know the audience will be different and stuff but yeah it's the same principles for sure yeah the methods are all the same and a lot of people struggle with it and so through learning how to do all these things and i'm you know i'm not the world's number one expert but i realized that that was a strength of mine through yeah yeah doing this project um and so therefore you know, I've had a lot of opportunities to help others. And that's, I, that's where I see it going for me. I'm just going to continue doing this as I've done it and, and hopefully to grow, you know, grow the listener base and uh, provide everybody with some sort of entertainment or information. Um, and then kind of, Info, by we, proxy, call it, we call it infotainment. Infotainment. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, by proxy, be able to, you know, help other businesses you know, do the same thing with the, you know, with what they or whatever product they're selling. I'm actually working with a few different guys in the guitar industry, but I'm right now looking to get at, to bring on some people from outside the guitar industry because I did some, okay. uh, did some, some like online talks with some people recently and it was like, boy, there's a lot of people that don't understand this stuff. They need, everyone needs help. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And no, I think, and I'm the same, I'm the same way where it's like, I don't know if like you gain, you gain a lot of valuable experience. I mean, I have these, you know, like Phil and Aaron, especially are, are like 
going to be my lifelong friends now, you know, which that's mm-hmm. also, you know, not to get all mushy or whatever, but that's also a cool byproduct of doing this. But, you know, you learn a lot of things and, you know, assuming, assuming it only takes, you know, X number of hours a week, you might've just been doing something useless with that time anyways, you know, you hit the like, nail on not, the head. It's not like every, <laughs> it's not like every waking moment you're making money as it is, you know, like you have a job and then, you know, you might just be watching YouTube videos instead of doing a podcast. So it's like, it's not like there's necessarily this driving need to monetize it, but, but yeah, you kind of constantly have to weigh it, I guess. Well, that's, you hit the nail right dead on the head because like the whole, the whole, like, I don't know what you want to say. Turning point for me was like, I'm spending a lot of time goofing off on the internet, looking at guitar stuff. I wonder if I can build something instead. Totally. Like, like that was the whole, that was like, the whole like big thing a couple years ago. It's like, I wonder if like I can both geek out on guitar gear and provide people with something cool instead of just going on the gear page and looking at everyone complain. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I mean, that's, that's us too. Like me, me and Aaron and Phil all talk every day on messenger and um, like, that's what we'd be doing anyways. And we'd be going on Facebook and, you know, uh, posting very informative and useful things. And then also sometimes trolling, um, rarely, rarely though. What I'm, (laughs) I'm trying to remember. Oh, it was the four cable method that that whole thing that happened in your group, right? No, yep. No tone having hacks up in here. Yeah, dude. Yeah. (laughs) So for those, for those listeners at home, I was the original known, no tone having hack. uh, Yes. That that, that was uh, a, that was really interesting. I, I can't remember the guy's name now, but, um, whatever. It was like Spartacus. It, it was so interesting. Constantine. Constantine. Yeah. A- like, it, yeah, I thought he was Keanu Reeves or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, <laughs> it was the weird thing. A lot of people didn't catch it because, like, we kind of, like, nipped it in the bud before it, it got too out of hand. Um, yeah. Because um, I feel what happened- I, I don't, I, I will, I will take everything to its natural conclusion in the gear slum, but I feel bad doing that in other groups, you know. <laughs> and I try to. <laughs> I purposely try to keep the, and it's usually not that difficult um, because everyone kind of, I think everyone kind of just knows, everyone that's in that group kind of has a feel for how it is. Like, it's usually pretty, pretty positive and just focused on the subject matter at hand. Yeah. And uh, I don't mind people like horsing around a little bit, but, you know, it's a. That's just not what the group is about, you know. Exactly. And I think everyone pretty much has a feel for what it is about. And so when we get somebody like that, it's very awkward. So basically this guy was essentially saying that the four cable method for hooking up your rig was the only method that professional guitarists use, which is obviously not true. So it came up because we were talking about the MS3, which is that new boss switcher, and it only has three uh, loops in it. And so he was asking if it supports four cable method and, it's like, well, it does, but you have to use one of the loops for it. And so, and then he made the comment that, yeah, I wish manufacturers had realized that 99% of working right. positions use, yeah, the four cable method. And that was the whole thing that I, I love uh, arguing with people when they don't like, they're not even arguing the same thing as me. Cause then it turned into him saying like, why do you think the four cable method sucks? And it's like, I have nothing against it. I just am telling you that it's not 99% of people that use it. Like how many people do you see that have that play freaking fender apps that don't even have an effects loop on them? You know, like exactly. I don't, I, I have amps that have effects loops. I rarely use that method. I've done it before and it's, and it's great. 
Yeah. I, I have nothing against it at all. It's just not what 99% of people yeah, do. Yeah. That's just not true. But, um, so Cole was, was, was poking fun at him and I was fine with that. Like I was fine with the debate taking place, but then this guy was just getting belligerent. Yeah. Um, then he started like the personal attacks, which, which don't bother me because the way that people attack you on the internet isn't like, you know, isn't actually hurtful. <laughs> it's no, just no. Them, you know, <laughs> no, it's just them being idiots. Just, yeah, exactly. And so I was like, I was kind of watching it go and I was like, all right, guys, we're bring it in. You know, like that's, I kind of, I think I posted something like, all right, guys, that's enough. Yeah. Like take, you're getting, take, take a breather or whatever. Yeah. You guys are getting, you know, you, 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 mostly Miss, Mr. Constantine was getting pretty heated. And I was like, listen, it, that's, <clears throat> this is a silly thing to get to argue over. Like <laughs> this is dumb. Yeah. And it's all, and it's kind of making me mad because I'm tired of seeing people be stupid. Yeah. Um, and then he posted a thing like, screw all you guys. You're all a bunch of no, no tone having hacks. I'm out. Yeah. And it was, and, and I, he, I, said, I, he said a few more choice things specifically directed at me. But yes, yeah, he did. it was like, it was a very, it was a very, like he basically took it to the next level after you told everyone to kind of chill out, you know? Right. Exactly. And so I just deleted it and, and booted him and I'm sure he's doing fine and he still is thinking that he's right. And that's totally okay. Yeah. But it was just a really funny thing to like, you guys, like, cause you guys don't use four cable method. You're all no tone having hacks yeah. in here. Yeah. Like, you just like play in your mom's basement or whatever. Right. Which he, what he probably doesn't even realize is that like, I know for a fact that there are some very high level musicians in there just lurking. Oh, oh totally. Yeah. Cause they don't post. They'll, but they'll post every once in a while. It's like, holy crap, that guy's in here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't you have like that thought sometimes when some of those guys post? You're like, there's oh. one guy in particular. I won't call him out because everyone will probably start trying to hit him up for secrets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no friend like, requests. <clears throat> yeah. No friend requests for it. But he's in there and, and he lurks around. Uh, I've, I've, I haven't really interacted with him directly, but there's an extremely high level musician in there that people would probably nerd out on if they knew. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. And they, of course, and yeah. they don't go by their real names, obviously. But oh yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> oh, it's man. like, oh yeah, we got no tone having hacks up in this group. That's <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. What about this guy? Uh, <laughs> or some uh, of the com- you know the company owners in there? You know, like half of the top oh, yeah. boutique boutique pedal guys are hanging out in there joking around sometimes. So it's totally like, yeah. <laughs> and it's that, the same way when I like post. I'll like post something like uh, Rick Matthews is a guy who I've interacted with more lately, but I have a harbinger and it's like one of my favorite pedals. And one of the first times I posted about it, he replied and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> that, like worlds are colliding here or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, Rick's a great dude and he makes great stuff. I think oh, everybody totally. needs to, to let's give Rick a quick plug right now since you like the harbinger so much and I like the whaler so much. Everyone thinks of, of, of Matthews and they think of the, the reverbs, which are uh-huh. fantastic. Uh, but man, Rick ha- makes great dirt. He makes yeah. awesome dirt. The, the Whaler is one of my favorite fuzzes. It sounds amazing. Uh, and and the, the Harbinger Whaler, is awesome. Does the Whaler have parametric EQ? No, it doesn't. Okay. So that's, that's like the main selling point for me. And so basically what that means for those who don't know is uh, it lets you... So if you have like a tone, if you have like bass, middle and treble knobs, you know, that's, it's a fixed frequency range and you're just changing the amplitude. 
And what mm-hmm. parametric EQ lets you do is it lets you change the amplitude and the frequency. And so, you know, I'll, I'll be playing, especially in a band setting and my guitar is kind of getting lost in the mix. And so I'll just, you know, I'll just sweep the frequency around and, and find a frequency range where I'm boosting and getting sort of getting above everyone a little bit better. Um, and it's super useful for that. In fact, I keep meaning I've, I've planned out this video that I'm going to do about explaining the difference between parametric and, and uh, graphic EQ and kind of using the, the Harbinger to, to demonstrate it, but I just haven't gotten around to doing it yet. But, but yeah, it's, it's an amazing pedal. Yeah, and that's a really good feature to have, and I'm surprised that it's not more used. But at the, at the same time, I think most people don't quite understand. A lot of people yeah. do. I'm not saying everyone's an idiot. I mean, there's a lot of people don't really understand the power of it and what it can do. Yeah, it's and that's also a little bit, it's not quite as intuitive. Totally. So. And that's why I wanted to do that video because it is like, it's not that complicated. It's just not intuitive. You just have to learn what it is, you know, but it's not like, it's not like it's hard to learn how it works. So yeah, that's, but if, if people learned and, and figured it out, they would, uh, I think it would be a lot more popular than it is just parametric sure. EQ in general. Yeah, totally. Um, you said something about like finding your spot in the band and I've noticed this about myself since I'm playing by myself most of the time. Um, when I go to practice with the guys, uh, I'll actually find myself like, okay, setting my tone up like how I do at home uh-huh. and then play and I'll usually get through a song and then I'll end up like boosting my highs or something like, like uh-huh. crazy. And then it like, I, I've, I wrote a thing like a two years ago or something on the blog about like sometimes bad tone is the right tone. Uh-huh. And totally. Well, and, and, and Wampler, they've talked about that a lot too. You know, even in the old days of uh, chasing tone, they they talked about that a lot. The yeah, like I playing in a band a, mix is very different than playing in your bedroom. You know, especially the more instruments you get involved. So totally. we, we have th- three guitar players at this point who all like walls of fuzz. Yeah. So we have <laughs> we have to like be conscious of of where we're sitting, or one of us is not going to be heard. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. yeah if you listen, I, I've, uh, it, it does take some getting used to. And honestly, that's one of the reasons I like the deluxe reverb so much. Cause I have an AC 15 as well that I like, but it, it seems like it sounds different every time I turn it on. Um, and with the deluxe reverb, I leave everything at noon or at midnight. I mean, and, uh, <laughs> and, and just, and just, and it only has master volume. It doesn't have a gain knob or anything. And so I just turn the volume to where I need it, leave all the EQ at, you know, at, you know, midnight and go from there. And, and so it's, I'll end up dialing in my tone as I go sometimes with the band, but then it's still, it's consistent from session to session, I guess, which is, which is important where with, I I don't know if that's specific to Vox amps. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that with other amps, but sometimes I turn it on and it sounds amazing. And sometimes I turn it on and I can't dial in a decent tone to save my life. I've kind of, I've felt that way about, um, Vox style amps in general, like traditional Vox style amps, not necessarily all not Vox like a amps. night train or something. Yeah, no, the night train, by the way, I love that thing. The thing is a great, that yeah, is a great I, amp. I hear a lot of people like people who own that amp love it. <laughs> it it's man, it's hard to beat for the money. It really yeah, is, yeah. especially uh, uh, Jess swapped some low, lower gain tubes into the preamp section of his. And it's like, this thing sounds great. Well, oh, partially really? because just Jess just sounds good when he plays yeah, that yeah. too. Um, but like the, that amp sounds fantastic and it, it's hard to beat for the money. It really is. Um, That's cool. So uh, yeah, if people want to try, try out the night train, 
it's 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 good. This, it's a this good episode app. brought to you by Vox. Try out the night train. I wish. I gotta, <laughs> get, gotta get them as a sponsor. That would be cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just noticed what time it was. We've been talking for a while, and it didn't feel like very long at all. No. <laughs> I have that effect on people. Probably not. You do. I'm. 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 I'm just been so charmed. I, I couldn't. <laughs> The Dukeness um, has, has, has exactly. lured me in with his sultry voice. Um, exactly. Uh, um, I got a couple of questions for you. Well, we can go. We haven't had a little bit of a longer episode in a while. If you got time, I have, I have a couple things I wanted to hit on specifically. Yeah, I've got a few more minutes. Okay. One, one thing being is, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I feel, for those who haven't seen it, occasionally the, the Gear Slum community will go around posting things and saying hashtag death to tone and i can't i can't help but feel like i'm being personally attacked every time i see that (laughs) yeah and i'll even uh i think i've even been known to to refer to your podcast as the sounds mob once in a while Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i've seen that yeah that kind of came that kind of came from uh aaron It, it was aaron and i kind of at the same time he's the one who came up with the term death to tone but we would just get very annoyed at how people would use the term tone as just like this catch all for, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just a, a generic term and we, and it was just overused in our mind. And so that's why we, we kind of go on these little crusades that are meaningless, you know, but they mean something. <laughs> <like this. laughs> but yeah, we, and so if you, if you see, we'll always refer to, uh, sounds and, and for example, the, the half horse, Mm-hmm. Uh, the the sort of EQ knob on that is labeled as the sounds knob, and that's kind of a reference to to our whole death to tone movement, you know. It it is, it is. I still feel personally attacked, though. Yes, <laughs> and you are. We well, you're our competition. Let's be honest, you know. Oh people, yes, we got fierce people competition. only. Yeah, people only have a limited podcast budget that they can spend on their podcasts, and so you know. <laughs> <laughs> they can't blow their whole podcast budget. That's really exactly. Good. I mean, they're expensive. They're expensive to download these oh, things. Oh, man. You know? All the bits and the bytes. It's oh, crazy. So, so spendy to get those podcasts <laughs> in your ear. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Then the, the other thing was, what was it? Uh-oh. There was something serious. Not serious, but sort of serious. Oh. As serious as we get on here. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, I forgot. I guess it wasn't that important. But I would be remiss if I didn't ask you the classic question since I don't believe I have asked you this in any of our online correspondence. Oh, I remembered my, I remembered my other question. Since okay. you're one of the, uh, one of the few unfortunate souls that has met me in person. Um, I've had a couple comments uh, here and there over the years that say, um, Blake does not look how he sounds. And I don't know if that means I sound stupid and I don't look dumb, or if I, sa- if I look stupid and I sound okay. What's your, uh, what's your take on that? Mm, I think you kind of, you sound dumb, but then you look dumb in a different way kind of thing. Okay. So it's kind of both. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right. That, that actually, that, that's, that's cool. It's a different kind of dumb. You hear that, you hear that about a lot of podcasters. And I think honestly, until people see someone, they just assume that like, oh, he's, unless he has a really deep voice and then you assume they're tall. Otherwise, it's like, oh, they're just average height, average weight, average everything, you know, and then and then they see you roll in with your enormous biceps. And it's like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have pictured him like that. You know, <laughs> you have me confused for Roger Williams again. 
Oh man, that dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are some bicep goals right there. Yes. 100%. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah. yeah, no, well in, in that retrospect, I was one of the sa- the people who had Ryan and Steve flip flopped. I had them pictured almost perfectly, but when I actually seen them in person, I'm like, wait a second, you're Steve and you're Ryan. We're talking the 60 side. Oh yeah, totally. Too. Totally. Yeah. I had them completely flip-flopped, and now they're not. I got them stuck in my brain real good with who's who, but at first I had them completely backwards with who sounded like what, which is kind of weird. That's, that's exactly how I was with the Guitar Nerds guys, which is, which is easier to mix up because there's four of them, and so it's, you know, it's harder to keep track of everyone. But yeah, I, once you join the Facebook group and you see everyone's profile pictures and stuff, you have a name to put to the, to the face and the voice, but but yeah, then I, I would still mix it up in my head, you know. Maybe that's maybe that's my problem because currently my avatar is the Kool Aid Man. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I pictured you being this morbidly obese red person. <laughs> Which I was. You were yeah, surprised exactly. I came. Yeah. I kicked through your hotel wall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh right yeah, who wants the podcast? <laughs> oh man. All right. Okay. Well. I've taken up enough of your time. We better get to the classic question of Cole Duke. What kind of pizza do you like? Honestly, I just like, uh, and I, I mentioned, you know, that I did study abroad in Italy and a lot of people like to be like, Oh, well, I only like it when, you know, it's official, you know, classic Italian style, but I just like pepperoni pizza in pretty much any form that it comes in. Um, Mm including they just opened a little Caesars less than a mile from my house and it has a drive through and I'll eat little Caesars all the time with no problems. I recognize that it's not the best pizza, but you know what? I don't even care. It's $5. I mean, yeah. And it's hot and it's ready. It's not it hot already. It's hot and ready people. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you oh. can have your, you can have your pizza and eat it too. Literally. So I know it's boring, but I, but yeah, pepperoni and is just still the, my favorite Costco pizza. Costco pizza is really good. Costco pizza is pretty solid. Not gonna yeah. lie. Um, one of my, I think I've talked about this before, but one of my favorite tricks that I've ever pulled is we, uh, when we were recording our album, actually, um, we had a, a Traeger smoker and we put a Tatino's pizza on it, <laughs> um, and and but we kind of classed it up a little bit. There's this local place here that makes a a, a pizza sausage. Um, okay. with all this like delicious, like pizza toppings all rolled into a sausage okay, with like okay. this, yeah, like this special marinara sauce and stuff. And I split one of those open and sprinkled it all yeah. over the top of the Totino's pizza. Sprinkled? You mean like squ- squeezed it out? Well, it was fairly, it was fairly oh, coarse. Was it? Okay, yeah, okay. It, it was fairly coarse. So it, yeah, it, 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 it's, it was definitely a sprinkle. Um, okay. Or uh, as far as how we dispersed it. Yeah. And I tell you. My wife thinks I'm I'm crazy because we usually like try to get pretty good pizza. It was delicious. Like it was oh, yeah. super super good. And and she won't she won't try it. I'm like, come on, let's get a Tatino's and put the sausage on it. She's like, no, that's disgusting. Like you're missing See, out. I love, I love frozen pizza, and that's one of the biggest sacrifices. Not to delve into you know our children's uh, medical problems. Like, <laughs> but my, my sons both have this genetic disorder that causes kidney stones and they have to sort of limit their sodium intake. Oh man. And nothing has more sodium than frozen pizzas. It is right. insane. And so because of that, 
uh, since, since they were diagnosed, since we found out they had it. Uh, my son had a kidney stone when he was 10 months old, which was oh, no. insane. Yeah. Um, I haven't had a DiGiorno since then. And it, and it breaks my heart. You know, those are the things we sacrifice for our kids. It's true. Well, uh, I, on the flip side, it's probably good for your heart. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, it's not <laughs> like I'm just not eating anything. I choose some, another unhealthy thing to eat instead. You know? <laughs> like little it's not Caesar. Like it's like I'm like, yeah, I, I was going to eat a DiGiorno, but now I'm going to eat a salad for dinner or whatever. Right. Well, well, we got to hit up that hit up that drive through. We'll just exactly. fly on through. All right, man. Well, thanks for sticking around for this long. I know uh, I probably could have went all day. We were just, we're just I'm just <laughs> yeah. sitting here chilling, talking. This is a blast. Thanks for coming on. I'm sorry to Aaron and Phil that uh, that that I did Cole first, but uh, the. You're, it's your group. You guys, we voted on it, and you get, you were the top, <laughs> yeah, top have, rated individual. We have no one to blame but the slummers. Exactly, exactly. So, did you have anything you wanted to plug before we, uh, before we hop off here? Uh, you know, just check out the Gear Slum podcast, and uh, and then uh, Sinusoid. <laughs> oh yeah, we were oh. we were talking about how we handle sponsors earlier, and I was, and and we don't intentionally try to do this, but. We've we've never had like an official like, oh, this is the part of our podcast that has the ad. You know, it's just like I always try to bring it up in the most inopportune times when we're the most like inappropriate or off the rails, you know, I um, like it. <laughs> so, no, it that's all. People, it makes people listen to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't just skip. You can't just hit the 30 second skip a couple times and, you know, jump back into it. So, right. Right. Well, one since since we're talking about sinusoid and those wonderful, wonderful humans over there at Sinusoid Cables. Um, it's kind of funny because they've infiltrated all the podcast, all the guitar podcasts pretty much, I think, uh-huh. at this point. Except maybe, I don't know. I think they've hit them all. Yeah, but what's fun. funny is, like, Wampler specifically does not want sponsors on Chasing Tone because it's, you know, he's Brian Wampler of Wampler Pedals. Why, that yeah, seems like he a little doesn't, awkward. He doesn't need it, yeah. No, he's not going to be like in this episode sponsored by Keeley Electronics. Yeah, like, or like Earthquake. Even though he likes Rob, it's just, it would be awkward. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what's funny is ever since Sinusoid's been sponsoring this podcast, since I do Chasing Tone fairly regularly, once in a while, Brian will bring it up over there. So they've <laughs> magically infiltrated Chasing Tone as well. Oh, man, we'll that's be, awesome. So we'll be like, we'll be like, yeah, this is blah, blah, blah. And we're talking about, like, he's like, also sponsored by Sinusoid Cables. It's like they randomly get plugs <laughs> over there. Oh, man, that's awesome. They deserve it. Yeah. yeah, they do. They do. They're great guys. They're great guys. Oh, man. Great. Super great. Super chill guys, you know. Super chill. Like, toe down to earth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. All right, Cole. Well, we, we, better, uh, we better kick this thing off. So All right. Hey. Go ahead. Blake. Oh. Thanks for friendship. Yeah? Oh, uh, oh, thank you for friendship, Cole. <laughs> thank you very much for friendship. All right, guys. This is Blake for Cole. And as always, good luck and good tones. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, Go to ToneMob.com slash StringJoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. 
I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com slash stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out.